Hello and welcome to the Dance of Soul. And we are here, Regan and I are here to help you. I'm Natasha Venter and, and Regan Forston to support you in this Dance of the Soul. And the Dance of Soul is about how, you know, our soul dances from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime, but yet this is where we're at right now doing this work. And even if you believe in different dimensions at the same time this is happening, like the matrix system and all that kind of crap, yes, it's all true in my belief system. Yet at the same time, though, what do we need to do? Be here in the moment yeah, no. that we're at. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's this dimension or like me seeing other dimensions who are doing shows at the same time. They have to be concentrating in this that moment as my soul is in that section, too. So but it's what we get out of each moment on earth at this moment. And today we're going to talk about communication because it seems like that a lot of people struggle with that young ones to old ones, because we don't know how to get our emotions out. We don't know how to do that. And then, you know, on the show, I was on, um, on the, uh, um, radio yesterday and she asked me what we were going to talk about. And I said, well, talk about grief and the little things, you know, and then I went into communication. I'm like going, okay, but we get a lot of grief when we have communication that doesn't go right or, yeah. you know, or we, we don't get what we want out of the communication or there's a lot of grief in that. And so um, I'm going to alter what I said in the description just a little bit and kind of add a little bit of that grief into communication and relationships. Because I know that a lot of us, you know, like for me, sometimes, you know, my husband likes to hear things in, you know, three word sentences. And I like to say things in, you know, three or four sentences. <laughs> You know, he wants words, I get sentences. And so there's grief sometimes in that. I just want to be heard, you know, but then I have to do discernment. I have to figure out how to ma manage it. So he's right and I'm right. And that's, that's that balance. And Regan, you've had several relationships. I've had a 30 some odd re year relationship with mm -hmm. mine plus a, a marriage before. And, and so I've, and then I had a dad and a mom who had a 25, 30 year marriage and death is the only thing that separated them and they communicated. So I, I, I didn't hear a lot of yelling when I was growing up. So I heard conversations. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to communicate. I just sometimes married a man who, you know, you come from people who, you know, you you get it in relationships, but people don't always know how to communicate. And I know that my husband, to give an example, grew up in a house that was a little bit more yelly and and telling and judgmental. And, you know, and not to say I didn't grow up in a judgmental house, but yet at the same time, it was a little bit differently managed and and no right or wrong. It's the difference in how you learn your tools. And so that's where I think that, you know, communication is a really Prickyly dance. And so me being a multi-life intuitive, you know, spiritual life coach, and then Regan, thank you for being here. And, you know, you doing Thanks. your dance of, of your, your therapy class course and, and, you know, the Newton Institute and all that kind of stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, and life's life has our, our uh, teacher too. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what both of us do in different ways is try to get, um, help people get more pieces to the big picture, you mm -hmm. know, so that they, their life can be, um, uh, so they can run their life a little bit, a little bit easier, you know, without quite so many dings and dents, you know, um, 
you through your being an intuitive medium and uh, and me through uh, hypnosis where, you know, with the Newton Institute, people, I facilitate people um, going into trance and visiting the afterlife for a few hours. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, with what you tell them and what people learn from going to the other side, like having a near-death experience without the death part, you know, spend a couple hours over there and you can have these council, uh, a council over there answer any questions you prepare. Uh, but then what that means is when you get that information uh, and, you, and you come out of that, well, here you are in this life and they've just given you some tools or some things that you should do for a happier life. Um, and um, this is why, you know, communication is at the crux of everything. You know, if you don't have good communication in everything that you do, um, it's going to show up with some sort of dysfunction or some something going not as you would like to have it. You know, so, um, you know, it, it's a huge subject, isn't it? You know, because um, I guess we think about it mostly communication with uh, our spouses, you know, because that's usually the, the number big one. But there's also, you know, communication with our, our brothers and sisters and our our parents and our pets even, you know, and our therapists, you know, communication and people at work and our bosses. We, yeah, we, we kind of get up in the day, we go out in the world and the whole, what we do all day long is communicate, you know, what our needs and our wants are and what we're trying to do. So poor communication can lead to a pretty messy thing sometimes. Uh, oh, it, it totally is. And, and it, it's amazing, you know, how communication is. And, and we've got a couple of people saying hello. Um, Kate, um, hi. Kate is here. Hi, Kate. Okay. Hey, Kate. Thanks for tuning in. Yes. And um, we're doing well. We are definitely yeah. doing well. And um, hello, Paula. How are you doing? And Paula. Glad you met. You got us here. Um, yeah, it, it's um, <laughs> it's one of those things that, you know, going forward is it's amazing and you know my eye is twitching here um that if we can you know get ourselves negotiating our world i find that me i can def i can diffuse a situation like that in just my presence and because communication isn't just about words it's your body language yes it's, it's your it's your whole thing and and it's, it's, it's one of those things that, that I'm just so grateful that you guys, you know, I'm hearing, I'm seeing you guys all saying hi to each other. And, um, uh, and it's amazing that, that, you know, everybody here is, is saying hi to each other. And I love this community that we're getting. Yeah. And I would, I just want to take a moment and say thank you because you guys supporting us is why we do this. And, and it's yeah. not just about you guys, it's about everybody, you know, yeah, being so here. <laughs> If you can uh, chime in to especially communication, I'm sure both of you that we just talked to there, um, you know, have people that you have to communicate with. Maybe some examples of something you've done in wrong communication or something right. Um, what I found, you know, what I found out that you see communication is about being vulnerable. You know, and that's the that's the thing is the harder it is for you to be vulnerable, the harder it is to communicate because you're afraid of somebody's judgment. You know what they might feel if you're if you're, you know, saying what you need to say, um, but it's crucial. Um, so uh, there's different techniques. Like some of my clients, if, if that that have trouble in communicating that way, um, I find out that the the best way to 
one of the best ways to do it is in your mind before, if you have something important you want to communicate to somebody, kind of do a little rehearsal in your mind first. Just don't blurt out stuff with all your feelings and everything, because if you're upset, uh, you know, at something in particular, the other person is going to react to your upsetness and that energy rather than what you're trying to say or do. Um, so um, I, I found some of my clients have done pretty well when they have a hard time being vulnerable is I have them um, write a letter and, and, you know, write it down and to their partner or something. And, but they always have to preface it by, I love you. You know, I just have this concern and, you know, even, even uh, be vulnerable and saying, it's hard for me to say sometimes. So I'm just putting this in a note. So don't take this as an attack or anything. I've just noticed something that's not working and there's, you know, some, I'm, I'm, I have maybe a, an idea of maybe what we could do. Um, so, you know, um, I think that's when communication shuts down, it's usually, it's usually because of that factor that we, we are attacking the other person in a sense with our frustration or, or hurt feelings or something like that. And that just throws gasoline on the fire usually, you know, and then pretty soon people are arguing, yelling, screaming at each other. And a week later you ask them what they were screaming and arguing about. They won't even remember, you know, it was just that energy that was, that was coming out. Uh, exactly. And hi, Sarah, how are you? Um, I tell uh, everybody else to write a letter in lieu of difficult in communication. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is that we do it. But I want to I want to preface this. Now, I'm married to a recovering narcissist, <laughs> 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 you know, um, being an alcoholic since he was 12 years old. You know, narcissism kind of comes as a as a. Um, a, a back pocket or a, or a, a backpack that you carry when you're drinking, you know, or having an addiction. It, it just comes naturally. We're all narcissists somewhere in ourselves. We just know how to defer it, discern it, you know, negotiate it differently. But there, but we we all have one. And so with that, that you know, learning to communicate with someone of like a narcissistic attitude or someone who is very selfish in their own right or someone who is um, in, in, in authority even because some narcissists, you can kind of practice with them because that's how you would want to talk with an authoritative person, right? You know, because they have to be in the right if they if they're a manager or that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things. And so if you're negotiating with someone who is of more rightedness because of their their placement, not saying a narcissist is in the right, but you, that's a good place to part practice. Right. That that what I have found is I have to check in with my intention before I start any conversation. What is my intention? Yeah. And sometimes even stating that my intention here is to, to, um, to, because I felt dishonored during this statement, or I'm feeling dishonored because of this action that was done or, you know, that kind of thing. And then if, if, I, if I have found through time that coming back and keeping it an eye feeling, and, and I knowing, you know, keeping, and, and I find that if I can go with, let's say, um, with that, with the intention of being kind, loving, yet boundaries that, and what is it my, what is my agenda in this? 
And I feel like when I can go in and check my, my intention, it takes me out of victim. And if we yeah. can have conversations out of victim, then we can really negotiate a lot of the, the, the dance of a conversation before we get there. And, and that's practicing. Cause I know that, um, through COVID, a lot of us became introverts, <laughs> you know, or and that does, yeah, or more introvert introverts. And, and so when we do that, we, we're not really good at communicating it. And I know for me, even me being just like, people always say that, you know, like me working with what I do, that I, um, I walk into a room and people say, you, did you say anything? And I go, no. But I walked in a room with with knowings. I stood there. I was loving kinding, kindness, but yet, what was my intention? And and it it, it is a it's it it is a negotiation of who we are. But a lot of us come from victimhood, and it really sets the wrong intention. It's okay to understand what your victimhood is. I felt dishonored. I felt abused. I felt um, shamed. I felt um, belittled. I felt whatever that I felt was, but bring it out into what is my intention to fix it, if you can. Yeah. Well, um, one thing I used to like, um, my uh, my former wife, uh, um, Connie, who I you know, went to the funeral this Sunday, and what was really interesting was um, my uh, nephew and his wife, you know, she carried the baby, as we were talking about, to uh, seven months, seven months and two weeks. And oh. then she didn't, didn't, she woke up one morning and her daughter, she knew it was going to be a girl, was not kicking or moving or anything anymore. And she feared that she had passed away. Mm -hmm. So um, she waited or well, she went to the doctor. And they said, well, we need to remove your, your child because your, your child is not, you know, breathing. Um, but um, so she waited two more days to have the child uh, taken out because it was her birth. You know, my uh, niece, I guess you'd call her, his birthday was in two days. So she had the baby taken out. So it'll actually show on the birth certificate uh, or on the certificate that the baby died on her birthday you know, on my, my niece's birthday. So that way she could always remember it and everything. And um, uh, the, the name that they gave her was Evelyn. And I didn't know that the pastor at the time said the name Evelyn meant uh, want to live or want to have life or something like that it was a perfect name, you know, for there. And um, it was a beautiful, beautiful, it was the best um, uh, celebration of life or, you know, funeral that I've ever been to before. Um, when all this happened, when they took the baby out, they were able to hold her, you know, oh, it gets very emotional thinking about it. But, um, the grandmother was there, uh, the, both grandmothers were there, both grandfathers were there and the sister, her sister was there and they renewed the baby and they all were able to hold this, this, this little baby that just didn't quite make it, you know, and, um, uh, she videoed the, the, the sister video took a lot of pictures and everything so at the funeral they had this it was like a professionally done little five minute video with music and everything and it showed everybody interacting with who would have been the granddaughter who would have been you know their their daughter and they've been trying for uh 14 years to have children 
and uh wow and the church, yeah the church had helped them by raising money to for uh, in vitro you know and the, uh, they did a gofundme thing so when she got pregnant the whole church was enjoy so uh and now that this happened the, the church someone in the church every night for the next month is bringing them something to eat um you know they had a, a great uh, uh, funeral service it was it was just really beautiful but um uh, uh the, you know the thing i like the best is the pastor he was saying even though she didn't live look at all the joy that she brought everybody you know in other words it got people excited about having a grandchild and it made the parents closer and it made the grand the parents grandparents closer to their daughter and, mm -hmm. and everything so uh he pointed out that even though she just lived to seven and a half months in the womb um her life had meaning and purpose and and i thought how beautiful is that you know yes they did and that. that and that is the dance of the soul is yeah. that sometimes we're here on a blink of an eye and sometimes we're here for longer than a moment and yeah. it's 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 what do we do with that and that's why i'm i'm always checking my intention you know what yeah. is my intention because we never know whose story we're meeting up with what we're doing and 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 i never you know like i was talking with someone the other day and and you know no fault of theirs you know they were in hurt they were in pain um, and they went into assumption and oh boy, there's a big one there. Yeah. And, and I love this person. There's no judgment here, but I held space for that moment of assumption to move through. And then, then when the time came and I asked, can I give you a communication? Can I give you a different perception? And I waited yeah. for an answer. And I said, to take me out of pain or or judgment or or ache or whatever that moment is i have to <laughs> put myself into another assumption you know uh -huh. maybe the person had an emergency maybe the person was just done maybe the person you know had a bad day and and needed a, a small mini vacation maybe 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 right and and so then that takes me out of well they are not there dun, 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 you know and that communication we have with ourselves right mm -hmm. and so going into that you know mode of of why you know it's like going through with this grief with with your your grandniece here to 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 put a title on where she might be attached to you yeah. that that you know that that whole communication now what does those parents what do they do to communicate to themselves you know how do people yeah. communicate to them when people know that they're in grief you know what 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 what, 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 what? there's no right there's no wrong it is what it is and and it's that accept acceptance of oh wow you know that person was hurting you know, yeah. and, and they're going to bite, they're going to, they're going to chomp, you know, it's, it's a moment. And, and what can we do with that? It, it's, it's. Well, and we're talking about, you know, writing to communicate sometimes. Um, and, and during the funeral service, both the grandmother and her daughter, my niece, uh, both wrote letters to the little baby that never lived, you know, and oh, it was, 
it was just beautiful, you know, from a grandmother's viewpoint and from the mom's viewpoint and giving so much love to this little child that had died, you know. Um, and so their community, you know, it was interesting. And even the pastor, everything was that, that whole day at the service was com communication, but it was picking, um, like you say, looking, looking at it, choosing a different way of looking at it rather than, than all totally horrible, awful, oh my gosh, victim, why did my da 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 da? It was which all is okay. That's all right. okay. Yeah. Uh, but they, you know, were chosen to uh, accentuate love, you mm -hmm. know, through everything. So it was, it was, it was pretty cool. But now I'm my, uh, my, and the reason I got sidetracked on that little thing there was because when we were talking about uh, communication, um, my, uh, my ex um, uh, that I was with for 10 years, um, going to this church, I knew where it was, but I was on, I, I turned one way and it was, it sh I should have turned left, but I turned right. So it took me about 10 minutes out of my way. So by the time I got back to where I was, just as I'm pulling in the parking lot, my ex is coming right in with me, you know, so I go over <laughs> and open the door for her and we're the first ones there. And it was just meant to be because she had three packs of Kleenex, you know, because she just she's a crier, you know, she's just so sweet that way, you know, so empathetic. And so she just feels people's pain. And so <clears throat> uh, she said, well, I'm so worried. And I said, well, I'm going to sit with you so you'll get through this, you know. So we had the most great conversation. And we were <clears throat> later on in the day, we had a birthday party for uh, uh, an eight year old, uh, one of my granddaughters. And so I got to see my ex there and we just spent the whole time talking, you know, um, and being there. And we talked about how us assuming things, how much trouble that that got us into our marriage and actually led to us getting a divorce. Because when we were both bad communicators, we were both having to assume what we thought the other person was feeling. And so we would act on the assumptions and the assumptions took us further and further apart <laughs> because we were so wrong. You know, at one point, two years after we had divorced, um, we got together and we called ourselves Mr. and Mrs. Stupid, you know, <laughs> just because we just, you know, um, if we had known, if we'd have been able to communicate what was on our hearts and because we loved each other, uh, you know, we'd still be together today, you know, mm -hmm. but we didn't. We just assumed and then that led to dysfunction. And and so, um, uh, you know, communication is really good and don't assume you if you're if you feel that something's wrong in your relationship you have to find a way to say you know can we talk you know i think would feel something's wrong exactly and i know for me that there was a moment last night that i could have had a, a moment of of miscommunication because of actions or or that kind of stuff and i i pulled the moment aside this, today and and said to the person you know it's like hey you know I know that that there might have been misunderstandings about what was interpreted last night. I just want to make clear where I was, you know, okay, so, that, so that, you know, that we don't add on to the layers of old stories of miscommunication, you know, because we're really trying the this this person and I are trying to really set up new understandings and and better communication and and it takes a moment of going could there have been a misunderstanding last night? I'm going to make sure that there isn't, or yeah. at least where 
I was interpreting, you know, how, where was, where was I in that moment? You know, was I tired? Was I happy? Was I, you know, sharp? Was I, you know, not communicating well? What was it? You know, what was my body language saying? And, and what we can do with, with all that. And, and we've had a, um, couple of comments here. I'm taking this moment. I've been learning a lot about the, um, really interferes with communication too. What is so, CP, what is CPTSD? Uh, yeah, there, acronyms are good for some people. And I, <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to a dyslexic. Uh, my hubby was in recovery too. Good job. You know, that's oh, good. Yeah. And, and that mine's now almost 13 years in September will be 13 years, um, of sobriety. And, um, what a beautiful story. Um, no, yeah, okay, uh, see those acronyms. Oh, childhood PTSD. PTSD. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. clarifying that, Sarah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, and people who are in the dance of acronyms, but <laughs> I send love to them. <laughs> yeah. Childhood PTSD. Um, wow. You know, a lot of children, because they've had a difficult childhood, because of the difficult childhood, that's where a lot of times they're difficult communication steps in because so many times some wrongful parenting has just shut them up anytime they had something important to say, you know, you know, like children should be seen and not heard, you mm -hmm. know, kind of thing. And that happens a lot of times where a child will real excitedly start to say something and the parents just override what the child says or tell the child, you know, oh, just go over there, you know, and the child, all of a sudden the child goes, oh, when I speak, it's unpleasant. You know, I get a, I get kind of a little emotional slap in a way, or I get something there. So they learn to not speak up, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that way. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think, I really think like in high schools and stuff, they should have classes on communication because sure they learn, they learn trigonometry and they learn history and they learn English and that but they don't learn to communicate. And, and I mean, it's, we have so many things so backwards in a way, you know, uh, but I can tell you being in the education system that oh, I you am, are, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. In the morning I, I do go, um, not too sure the dance of that in the future, but you know, um, that it, it is, there's, there's a lot of wonderful teachers. I'm going to tell you there isn't wonderful teachers too, but, at least in the school that I work in, we have wonderful teachers and they, they do support kids by, you know, like even kindergartners, she's doing this while she's, well, how can we say that differently? You know, on the yeah. playground, you know, I, you know, I am one of the playground duties. And so it's like, okay, so there's somebody saying this and there's somebody saying that. Okay. Neither's wrong. I mean, who's assuming what, you know, mm -hmm. were you a little bit upset about what were you upset about? I was upset that I got told something in the classroom by the teacher. Okay. So now friend, you know, she's upset because something happened in the classroom. So really what she's mad about is not you, right? Oh, mm. I thought she was That's mad great. at me. No, she's mad at something in the classroom, right? Yeah. Are you mad at her? No, but then she got mad at me and I thought that, you know, and then they're fighting back and forth because one thought that they were mad at her and then, and that exactly is what happens is miscommunication. And so sometimes I have to slow everybody down and, 
and and b because a lot of times at that moment of of discombobulation we have to slow down and and we don't learn that from childhood to adults and and a lot of us are growing up in dysfunction but how can we learn by watching other people and i think that that that's where we've we've kind of done a disservice to our children because they haven't gotten street smarts you know they can't run out and and drive their bikes you know through town anymore you know they can they can't do a lot of these things because for one we have a lot of kids who are who are on the spectrum and we can't let them go right um and then you know you have to worry about who what wears around that area you know so you don't really want your kids to ride around but they don't really hang out with a lot of kids to learn that hey if you say something it's going to hurt somebody else's feelings yeah you know and so we've we've done a disservice with no with not having the ability to get together and then we had covid on top of that right so then mm -hmm. we learned that connection and we're we those kids that were growing up let's say one through three four five during covid lost about two and a half years of communication skills because when you're stuck in a home with your family hmm <laughs> that's a one-sided yeah. conversation right um mm. sometimes good sometimes not so good it's a one-sided conversation so how can we support this maturing that we all need to do children to adults in how to communication different and you know there's a lot of grief in it you know we 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 get a lot of the stories of things and and our feelings get hurt and then we get told that we're something that we're not and and or we perceive ourselves that we're not. And, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a thing. It, it's a really big thing. And I've really lately gotten the mantra, you know, I haven't done anything wrong, but there's, there's something I can change. I haven't done anything wrong, but there's something I can change. Like, an like example, I know that um, if, I, um, if I do a, a certain action, my husband will get upset. And... And it's a simple action and it's something about time. And I know that he gets, it's one of his triggers. I'm not doing anything wrong because if I'm 10 minutes late, it's not wrong, right? Especially when I plan to be there 20 minutes early, right? Mm -hmm. But in his perception, I'm 10 minutes late. What can I do, even though I'm not doing anything wrong, I can communicate, remember babe? You know, we're planning on being there 20 minutes early, so now we'll only be 10 minutes early. We're still good, right? Because I gave myself extra time. So I can communicate a little differently knowing that that's one of his triggers. So the something I can do different is communicate about it instead of just saying, ah, frick that. You know, I'm good. I got 20 minutes. I, I gave myself extra 20 minutes. But communicate that because I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not late. But it's one of his triggers that perceives it as wrong. So how do I do? I communicate a little bit differently, reminding him politely. Hey, babe, remember using my tone, right? Because sometimes it's not what we say. It's our tone. Right. That's, the tone is very important. The, the tone. Hey, babe, remember we were going to try to be um, leave early to give us extra time just in case of traffic. So this is kind of getting into that time. But I'm here. I'm ready. I Sorry I had to go to the bathroom last minute, you know? And so with that, that the, there is that, that form of communication. And, 
And I'm just using my husband as an example because he's an easy place to, to go to. But he's a good man. He's a very good man. I love him. Uh, 34 years now of marriage yeah. and we're, we're doing it. So, you know, but, but it is. So being careful, intention, tone, and, and why? Why do we need to communicate? Actually, you know, a good thing to communicate too. So if you, uh, as a couple, have some kind of rules you've set up, uh, and if you've uh, gone outside those rules, either on, you know, on purpose or accidentally or whatever, just saying, just acknowledging that and saying, oh, sorry, you know, I really promise to do better next time. Just acknowledging that can really diffuse mm -hmm. the other person's frustration or something, you know, because they know that it's, that's a, a form of, of, of caring, saying, look, I've dropped the ball a little bit here and I apologize. I'll try to do better next time. But it really, really helps instead of just being quiet. And then you know that they're steaming, you know, and like, mm -hmm. you know, and that you did wrong. Just, you know, kind of, kind of uh, say that. Um, so um, I know I was going to say there was a technique. To, 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 well, there's two of them I was thinking of, but um, I had a teacher in hypnotherapy college and she was talking to us about how she communicated with her husband. I think I mentioned it one time, maybe last year on the show, but it bears repeating because it's a great technique for those of you listening. Um, the problem that she had was she was very in love with her husband and her and her daughter were not being, were not actually seeing him very often because he was working so hard and working so much uh, that he had very little time left for the family. And that was kind of hurting the relationship between the daughter and the wife. So what she did when she sat down with her husband, like after dinner, she says, uh, sweetheart, there's an issue I'd like to talk to you about. She says, your daughter and I love you so much and we just, we just can't get enough of you. And we've not had very much of you lately because you've been working. And I know you need to work hard and, and that sort of thing, but we really need to have more time with you. And then she said to him, what's your solution? You know, she put, it was very sweet that way. She didn't, she didn't go, oh, you know, you're working so much. You're never spending any time with us. We're so hurt and everything. Just saying, hey, we love you. We'd love to spend time with you. And you're, you're not giving us enough time. Sweetheart, what's your solution? Mm -hmm. You know, so it put it without accusing and everything. It put the ball in his court very, in a very nice way, you know. Um, uh, and she said, you know, it made him really think like, oh, wow, I am being kind of a workaholic and that's not really good. And, uh, and they were able to, to you know, uh, uh, plan it where they could actually spend more time with his, uh, with their. So that's a, that's one way of doing it. You know, when you say, oh, we have this issue in a non-threatening way, say, you know, what do you think? You know, what, what's your solution to the other person and to get them involved, uh, you know. Um, and I'm trying to think of the, uh, oh, one, one thing uh, my ex did that was very beautiful is when we were communicating better, she had this technique where she would, uh, you know, say, well, we need to talk about something. And she would have me follow her up to the bedroom and she would lay on the bed and I would lay next to her in a relaxed position. And then she would express, you know, what was going on. But she don't, she just put us in this relaxed, you know, non-confrontational place uh, that way. Um, also, um, NLP, you know, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And everybody out there, look it up. There's so many videos. You can learn a lot online. Uh, watch Tony Robbins, especially. He's a master at Neuro Linguistic Programming on how he gets you to look at situations that upset you 
but to look at it from a different viewpoint that, that is less upsetting. And if people choose to look at the situation, which, you know, it's, it's another way of looking at this. Like people say, there's always one, more than one way to look at a situation. It, there yeah. is. And, and I do a lot of that myself in, yeah. in my own skills to survive myself, but in the sense of negotiating the world around me. And, you know, if somebody's doing something outside of me, I'd use that as a mirror to turn it around and see what, what I can do about it. And, you know, I was a little distracted there. I apologize. My eye is really twitching. And I was looking up the intuitive meaning for eye twitching so that oh. I can manage what is going on so that um, so that I can deal with the scenario. I couldn't you know? tell. I couldn't tell from here. that you were. Oh, oh, good, 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 good. Because I was trying to do it with discernment. But it's like it's almost blurring my vision. It's so twitchy. And um, you don't and have contacts then, do you? No, I don't. But um, but it's about um, well, I know the eye is about vision, you know, getting a vision. Um, and I guess the right eye is about good luck coming in. So how do I perceive my good luck coming in? Oh, and yeah. so there's a lot of things coming in. So I just was like, OK, here's a moment. What were we talking about? Eye twitching, you know, that kind of stuff. So communication, <laughs> good communication. So, yeah. I guess I'm doing a good job with my communication. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you know, um, some people, I don't think people feel bad because some people are born good communicators. Others have to learn. And some people uh, never do learn. But again, uh, the Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, Enneagram, and that where us therapists know that we've identified about nine different softwares in people, you know. And um, I'm a nine, which, excuse me, the heading of nines is uh, the peacemaker. Mm -hmm. uh, and part of our personality, the way our software works and everything is we try to avoid confrontation in any way possible because we just, we just <laughs> want to chill. You know, we want everybody to get along. You know, we make really good uh, therapists that way because we can naturally see both sides of a situation. Uh, pretty, It's pretty easy for us where some other of the, the other eight numbers, some of them aren't as good as we are at uh, assessing it that way. Um, so for me, it's always been a struggle, you know, with communication of speaking up my my wants and needs. You mm -hmm. know, we're, we're like chameleons a lot of times. We'll just go along with whatever's going on because we don't want to rock the boat. And so, you know, we're um, people always look at us as just nines are just super easy going. And everybody likes to have a nine in their life because you know that they're not going to want to start a fight with you and everything. You know? Exactly. But we can be passive aggressive. Right. And so that's <laughs> what it comes out sometimes. Because everything has right? a positive side and everything and has a shadow side. side. Right. And I uh -huh. know for us, we can be really passive aggressive. And that's a sneaky yeah. way we have to go. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's one of those stories. But I can tell you, though, that me being a double Cancerian Aries uh, moon, that I... You know, I really have had to practice. Sometimes it's not about a straight line getting someplace. Sometimes I have to be my little crab and go sideways, you know, to get where I need to go. Because crabs don't necessarily go forward very much. They go more sideways and, and go yeah. different ways to get to where they need to go. And so how can I communicate seeing a different perspective or going a different way? But being a nine and a double Cancerian, I've learned to let my Aries be the fire that kind of pushes me into, wait a minute. This doesn't mm -hmm. feel right to me. You know, I had a situation that I had to talk to a supervisor and 
And I really had to learn how to be my discerning self. And I took my guides in with me and, and being intuitive like I am, I took my guides in with me, my dragon in with me. And, and I would hear once in a while, breathe. I would hear those words, breathe. Because they knew I was conversating and I was taking it in. So they needed to make the communication simple, right? My guides had to make communication simple. Breathe. So what that key word was to me was get back down in my gut. Stay out of the mind. Stay into victim. Stay out of victim. The mind wants to play victim. Stay yeah. out of victim and get down back into myself. What is my intention? What do I need to do? Breathe. Be down into myself. And I can tell you that, that the greater good came, I pray, at least on my end, out of to the better. There was better communication. We cleaned up perceptions. We cleaned up a lot of those things that, that were diseased, diseased, separate words, in the the um, discombobulating or or disorientating or or disassumptioned or unassumption or misassumptioned, you know, in the perceptions of things. And so cleaning that up really will help whatever other people can do, right? So, you know, it's important sometimes, even if we don't want to communicate, that we don't have to do it alone. Remembering that that if we need to have a conversation with a boss or um, a, a, a spouse or, or an ex-spouse even, or somebody like that, it's okay to bring somebody with us. Even if they stand on the front porch with the door open, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't necessarily always need to do this alone. And, and like I said, that, that sometimes we got to do it. But I was in an experience where I even said, I'm going to bring somebody along so I can make sure I hear you right. It wasn't about them doing wrong. It was about how can I make sure that I'm hearing you right. And so with that, because the, the, when we go into a conversation wanting to prove somebody's wrong, that is going to turn that conversation up down yes. inside out and and in a wrong place that we wanted and cuz nobody's wrong or right That's there right. is no yeah. wrong or right yeah, yeah. i mean yes yeah. feeling killing killing you know um you know things like that is wrong but but really perceptions who's right and who's wrong and that's a really good way for communication when somebody is communicating to you what their wants and needs are to repeat back to them and say, I says, I hear you saying, and because sometimes you'll, you'll get even that wrong. If you're getting, if the other person isn't quite, you know, perfect in their articulation of what they want. So it's good to say, Hey, this is what I'm hearing. This is what you would like, you know, you know, another technique too. Um, we're kind of trained when somebody asks us something, we're, we're trained to want to say no real quick. You know, I know we'd like, uh, uh, you know, say, uh, are you, you know, are, are do you want to, or are you willing to make changes in your personality so we can get along? Whoa, you know, that's a big one. Say, that's a big one. Uh, uh, no, because I want to stay me. I, I don't want to do, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the way to get to the better communication way is to say to your partner, uh, would you be opposed to, changing a few things in your character so we get along and that gets you and you know would you be opposed and they're going to say no but they're saying no for you to get a yes answer in other words 
it's a way of not being so threatening to them. Just saying, mm-hmm. would you be willing to change your, your personality? You know, no. But would you be opposed to? And of course, then they're going to still say no. Um, you know, because it's it's what uh, actually salesmen use in communication a lot of time when they're they're uh, you know, in other words, if you're uh, Patty uh, is so trained in this so well, like she, if you're trying to get a listing for the house, and instead of saying you know, would you be willing to list your house with me? She would say something like, would you be opposed? Would you be opposed to me listing your house and getting you more money than you're even asking? You know, no, I wouldn't be opposed to that. You know, would you be opposed? uh, Would you be opposed having me, one of the best realtors in the area here, you know, working for you? It's just a way and they go, no, you know, and somehow it's, it's easier for people to, in a sense, they're saying yes, but there's, they're saying no, but the result is they're giving you a yes answer, you know, mm-hmm. that way, because it feels less threatening to people. Exactly. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting that way. Well, um, it is. And, 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 you know, a lot of times too, people are so quick to respond. Yeah. But they don't stop and think and they go into reaction instead of interaction. And that's one thing that I've practiced now, remembering that, Communication is about practicing to do better. It's not about snapping the fingers and being changed. You have to practice to do better. And I have learned to practice that many times that I take a breath if I can before I answer, because that gives me a chance to interpret what they were saying. And then now how do I feel about what they say? And then what can I reply with? And, and that's one thing that when I'm communicating, I try to get to the 50-yard mark. I know football. I know soccer. I try to get to the middle of the playing field. You know, I, he's not that per other person's not wrong or right. I'm not wrong or right. But if I can get us to the as close to the 50-yard mark, because then we're more on a new, neutral playing field, that other person is heard and I'm heard. You know, so how can I get to that? that 50 yard mark to be able to, to say something. So I, I really try to get my integrity is to, to, okay, I hear what you're saying and I agree with a lot of it, but I understand, you know, like a conversation, you know, um, I agree that I can be there, um, you know, like us agreeing to, for the show to be at four o'clock, you know, you know, if, if one of us said, well, let's do it at three 30, and the other one said, but I like 4.30. Well, where's the neutrality? You know? Yeah. Four o'clock, right? Is that yeah. neutral place. And so it's not wrong that I want it at 3.30 and you were not wrong at 4.30, to give an example. You know, this didn't happen, but yeah. But then, you know, we kind of come to that neutrality of, of let's do it at four so that it's not so late for me and it's not so early or it's not so late. It's later for you and it's not so late for me right yeah mm-hmm. and so how do we negotiate this dance and it, it's about coming to that 50 yard mark because neither of us are wrong and neither of us are right yeah and i liked your idea about taking a moment before you respond uh, especially if people are trying to communicate through text like um, a friend or spouse or something is upset and so they write you a, a long text and as you're reading it you're feeling like you know, the worst thing you can do usually was when you're feeling that way is to respond immediately because you're going to be doing it with hurt emotion and, and everything. And you're going to say something that's not going to be good. So um, give it a little time, even if it's just a few minutes, you know, 
uh, or sometimes a few hours. Sometimes I know it's best to just wait until you wake up in the morning, you know, if it's like later at night and then you don't respond right away. Of course, now, you know, uh, your partner, if, or if it was that kind of thing, if you don't respond in a reasonable amount of time, they're going to take that as, um, you know, as passive aggressive, you know, and like, you know, oh, you know, he's got, he's seen the message and everything. And why isn't he getting back to me on that? You know, he's trying to punish me or he's trying to like, you know, whatever. So, you know, you, you'll know with the part, you know, what could be passive aggressive and what's the amount of time that could be normal for you. But the worst thing you can do is just, oh, I'm, I just read this. Oh my God. You know, ah, oh, that's so wrong. You know, blah, 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 blah. And then, oh my gosh, it just is crazy. And, and that adds rest, so much right. grief um, of, of, you know, communication about life. And I know for me that, that, you know, going into it, that sometimes, again, I have to go into thinking, okay, I don't have the whole story yet. I trust, surrender, accept, because I don't have all the information yet. And so sometimes you have to wait um, and, and not assume and, and negotiate. And the, the thing about life, though, is we have to meet people where they're at. We have to meet people where they're at. So if somebody is not a good communicator and is um, and and is not a really good friend and is not communicating well, then meet them where they're at. You know, understand that you don't communicate well. So then don't interact with them in a in a highly motive way. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, like if you want to get together with someone and and go out for the night and they don't get back to you, Plan B. You know, always have plan B. Meet them where they're at. Sorry, you didn't get back to me in time. I went out with somebody else. You know? Uh -huh. it, it's it, it's it's not about you're doing wrong. You're far from doing wrong. But I have to take care of me. And so uh -huh. meeting people where we're at, because I know that there's a lot of parents out there that we have that that they're 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 not very good parents or they're not very good communicators and or they're very um, demeaning when they when they communicate. And sometimes it's like we just kind of we have to read their text with discernment and put the phone down and then not answer. Yeah. Right. And and just say no. And there there's other people who have like past relationships. And I and I even give them the, the guidance that, hey, you know, you may have to um, communicate with them because, let's say, a child's with the two of you or something but change the, the, the way that the song comes on. So it's a whole new song for you, you know, and then, um, and then don't answer unless it's dealing with the child, you know, it's like use boundaries, meet people where they're at, meet people where you need to put them in your relationship. Yeah. You know, because it, there is, there is reasons for doing that. But remember, check in with your intention. Is this to be mean or is this to be say, <laughs> this isn't working for me. You know, we, we got to really check in with our intention because this is a slippery slope. Um, I had a conversation and, and I'm going to call this out with my husband one time. We were, it was in one of his strong moments of recovery. And, you know, it was the um, serenity prayer. Mm. God grant me the serenity to, to accept things I can change. And I know the serenity prayer, but I'm not saying it right. I think, and what the wisdom to know when the you difference, you know, the yeah, difference. yeah, the yeah, exactly. That you you can't change, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So people know this rainy period. We're not going to stay there because the point was, is that there was a moment where I had to say, and the things I cannot change and the wisdom to know the difference. And I had a conversation saying, there's things I cannot change. You're a morning person. You wake up at four o'clock. I like to stay awake until 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Even if I go to bed at 930, I read until 930 or 11, 30, 12 o'clock. It's a thing I am. It's a thing that you are. We're not going to change that. Now, there are times I can get up at four o'clock and get a plane. There are times like I went to a soccer game on Saturday and I got up at six o'clock the next morning and I was in the car going by seven, right? Things I can change in moments, but overall, <laughs> I'm not going to change it for my whole life, right? I don't have a job that I need to do that. But how can I negotiate that story and not be wrong? And, and not be demeaned wrong about it. So we have to accept things that we cannot change in order to negotiate our world. And that's yep. what I'm hoping that people can get in communication is remembering that there are things that people are, but we got to meet them where they're at. Yeah. And if that means that they're giving 20%, then give them 20%. If they're giving you 80%, respect their 80% and, and defer back to saying, you know what, I'm sorry that I can't give that much all the time. I will give you when I'm with you, but otherwise I have to step back and give the other things what I give. You know, I get, I do that a lot with, uh, I've communicated with some good friends of mine because when I'm with them, I'm with them, you know, but when I'm not, I'm with other people. Right. <laughs> And they feel that pull away, you know, they feel that energetic yeah. pull away. And I've had to say, I don't want to do this, but I have to be where I'm at because that's who I am is I have to be where I'm at. And sometimes I'm a little bit um, squirreled, you know, checking on intuitive reason for an eye twitching. But, you know, I, I, I really want to be where I'm at. And that's the discernment. That's the that's the communication that people can really get is that body language. It's that knowing it's that, that being, and you know, how can we do that? You know, mm -hmm. by being more engaged instead of reactive, mm -hmm. checking in intentions. You know, a good show uh, we could do too. It's, it's kind of an offshoot of this would be um, <clears throat> setting boundaries and new and established relationships, you know, uh, especially if two, like I have um, two granddaughters that uh, recently moved in with their boyfriends, you know, and uh, I, I jokingly asked them a few or, you know, told them, I said, well, you guys going to have to talk about a lot. You just kind of, you know, because when they're, you know, 20 years old or 20, one's 22, one's 19, I think. And, um, you know, uh, I have met both of the, uh, they're my granddaughters and i met both of their boyfriends and they seem like like they've chosen well you know they, they might at least and i know their boyfriends were on their best behavior but you can just kind of tell a little bit by the way perceiving them for the day you know that way um but they were kind of surprised um the youngest ones when i when i was talking about well, you you guys need to talk about and i meant rattled off about five or six things and they were going oh yeah oh gosh what about that what about that you know because it can stave off so many arguments and so many things if you have set the rules of, you know, who's taking out the trash, you know, you know, who's taking out trash, who's making the bed. Um, you know, uh, if we just have one sink, 
you know, what do you know? How, how do you make room for, you know, both people's uh, toiletries? And if one's in the bathroom and the other's got to get to work and, and that they need to, you know, know those things. There's just all the things that happen when you're co cohabitating with another person. Uh, and when you talk about those things and whose responsibility is or the way your actions are going to be, uh, wow, you know, communicate really well. It just keeps it uh, so many issues won't you won't have to worry about, you know. Uh, well, and I can say being in a marriage for as long as I have, you still need to do that. <laughs> constantly, yeah. Constantly, constantly, because it's like things show up, yeah. New show things show up. I'm off for the summer, you know, so I know that I have to manage things. So that's a communication. I go back to work, you know, or I go back to scenarios, or if my intuitive business gets busy, I have to communicate. Okay, this is a week that that I can't do the normal things that's perceived I'm going to do. So I need to, I, things are going to shift up here, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. it's that story of how can we negotiate who we are, what we are, what we're doing, where we're going with this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's, uh, that's, um, that'd be a good topic to talk about sometime, you know, just like, but cause it's, it's like part of communication, you know, mm -hmm. that way. communication through change. Yeah. Uh -huh. Wow, look at that. It's uh, in one minute, it, we've been on for about an hour. It's crazy. Yeah, I know, isn't it? <laughs> I'm glad we have some nice people. Uh, that I know. Thank you, everyone, for watching. You know, Please we're just, like, share, we're, um, yeah. you know, uh, subscribe, whatever, whatever you can do, because this is a dance that we're doing. And, and I love yeah. the dance of the soul. It's fun to Me have too. a conversation. It's with like the people that watch. It's just like it, it, when I, and especially when they chime in too. And I get a feeling like we're sitting in the living room and we're all just talking about things, you know, that human beings need to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, and the dance and I, of the soul. We don't, we don't have all the answers, but because of the work that we do and this, this spiritual work that we do, we, we've been blessed with finding out a lot of information, you know, that's very valuable for people. Um, you know, now we've had uh, over 70,000 people go spend a couple hours in heaven, the afterlife, and all that we've learned from that, for some, you know, some people have really um, been able to manage their life better. It's almost like uh, heaven, the afterlife, that what the souls in that over there are beginning to have a new level of communication with, it's open, I would say they've opened up a portal in a way of a new way for us to communicate so that we can, you know, not have to, uh, you know, to answer some of the basic questions about, about life, why we're here and what our mission is and so forth. Um, exactly. So, exactly. And that's, the, that's yeah. the thing about that. And that's actually what my show is going to be on on Wednesday about is our guide spirit and angels, you know, and how yeah. the veil is thinning up and we're getting, you know, even if you're not, claimed to be intuitive using quotation marks around that statement mm -hmm. that um that we are all getting to more knowings and and so when we're with other people that um that there is this this dance of of perceiving things and synchronicities you know it's like you being 10 minutes late you know, because you took a right instead of or a left instead of a right. And then you're walking in with your ex-wife. Yeah. And that set the whole intention for the next couple of day, moments for you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, we, we both it was so cool because we both realized, 
you know, because there was probably 100 people at the funeral and the fact that we were the first ones there and that, you know, if I had pulled in 10 minutes, it was just something about as I'm pulling in, the car's coming to a stop at the same time, you know, and then, you, you know, we both realized that, oh, I guess we get to spend some time together. Uh, and it was nice. You could, we hadn't caught up. Because her husband that she's married to now is, is uh, a little jealous and stuff. So we honor that in a way that we don't talk as much as we can, like when we're at family gatherings and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, um, it just worked out that, uh, you know, we were able to do that. And it felt good catching up and everything. And, you know, two older people just, in a sense, laughing at ourselves about how, how our miscommunication <laughs> or lack of communication caused our lives to go in different, in different things. And it was okay. It turned out, I mean, she's uh, doing okay. I wouldn't be here with you right now, probably. I wouldn't have got into this, the Newton work and, and that sort of thing. So, um, and you wouldn't, and a, it wouldn't have met your wonderful woman now that you have, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's another show right there is talking about how do you know when something, you know, in other words, something happens to send you in a, to an alternate path in your life. How do you know when it's because of wrong choices that you've made that's caused that to happen or when the universe is actually um, orchestrating it, you know? And, and, and how does that all work? I don't even, it would be interesting to talk about that, but I, I, I you know, Change sometimes, in the possible wise. Yeah. All this. So many <laughs> wise, wise. Cause I feel like I'm right now on the show today, right with you, Natasha. Like I'm just, this is what I'm supposed to be doing at this moment, you know, for whether we have three people or a hundred people or something that there must be something that you and I have learned that as we're talking here, that's going to resonate with some people, just as we've had others, as we were climbing the ladder in a sense that we listened to or heard or whatever, you know, somebody, somebody who has more pieces to the puzzle than we do, even if it's exactly. one piece, you know? So today, I mean, just the few techniques I mentioned or, or the things that you mentioned today, if, if people get just one thing and they go, Oh yeah, yeah, I could do that. That makes the whole show worth it. You know, mm -hmm. because that mushrooms into, if that one person has a better relationship, then um, that relationship is going to flourish better and and then the offshoots of that relationship are going to first it's like the the throwing a pebble in the pond you know mm -hmm. and the you know um the butterfly effect i guess they say exactly so we, we all got to help each other you know that way so if people um want to get a hold of me for therapy i'm at visit the uh i do regular hypnotherapy with people dealing with post-traumatic stress fears phobias um and you know bad habits um i don't really do the i can and i'm pretty good at it helping people to lose weight or stop smoking uh but there's some people that do hypnotherapy that that's all they do you know and they may be a little bit better at it than me um although i've had some people um uh thank me for helping them to lose you know 80 90 pounds you know kind of thing um so, you do it uh, the way that Regan does it, and that's why people come yeah. to you, Regan, because you're Regan. You're not right. anybody else. You are Regan, and so you are amazing the way that you do things. I just love the way that your intention and your kindness and your your whole ability of just being yeah being. I, I figure if somebody contacts me, then that I just accept it, you know, and I'm supposed to be the one that they talk to. I was at, at a golf shop and um, golfing last week down in uh, on the coast of California as I was going down there to be on Deal or No Deal down there. That's right. Yeah. You're going to tell us about that. 
Oh yeah, not deal or no deal. I was on let's make a deal. Deal. We got all these mm-hmm. deal things down there. It was an interesting thing just to see how they do the show. You know, we showed up at twelve thirty. Oh, let me back before I forget. When I was golfing on the way down to there, uh, and the man asked what I did to start a conversation, I told him a hypnotherapist, and then he just says. He says, oh, my gosh, 30 years ago, I stopped smoking because of hip- hypnosis. He says, I went to this thing. There was 300 people there. It was a big. He says, I paid $49. This guy has his closed your eyes. He, he, he went through this whole thing. And when I was really relaxed, he, he was talking. And as a group, he says, the next time you feel like having alcohol, your body's going to really, really want a really nice, cool glass of water. And he and. It was over, and all of a sudden, the next day, he feels like having a, you know, a beer, and all of a sudden, he gets some ice water, and he says, man, for about six months, I had to go to the bathroom about every 10 minutes, it seemed like, because I was drinking so much water, but he never, he never, um, uh, he never, um, I forget if it was for drinking or smoking, I think it was smoking, he says, when you have, when you want to have the thing for a cigarette, instead, you're going to want to have a glass of water, Mm -hmm. you know, well, it doesn't matter either one. Went yeah. to one session, forty nine dollars, and it, he gave up smoking. You know, pack a day. You know, huh. so crazy. So um, no, oh, but the uh, let's make a deal. It was um, was I'd been on other ga- or game shows in the audience before when I was in Hollywood, and they would pay actors to fill in where there wasn't enough public, so the audiences were full. So um, uh, sometimes we'd get like minimum wage, but we'd be there like all like. You know, I remember Deal or No Deal. I did probably 15 times I was there. And it was fun. It was like having really cool entertainment and getting paid there just to sit there in the audience all day. So I kind of knew a little bit how how they worked. But um, but this one, we showed up at 1230. Um, they had a big video screen up there that uh, was showing old shows and stuff there until. And then a guy came in. He talked about how, you know, okay, now we want nobody puts their hands in their pockets. Uh, you know, we want everything because you never know when the camera's on you. So you always want to be moving or being happy. And, you know, they really coach you, you know, that way. And um, uh, so uh, when we did, I can't, I was uh, showed up as, you know, everybody wears crazy costumes. You know, you come as a character or something. And um, uh, Carrie was on there with me and she, oh, she looked absolutely great in her costume, which was like a, a lion tamer with the big hat and the whip and all that stuff, you know, from the circus. And I came as a ventriloquist. So I was dressed kind of like this with Andy Friendly, my my dummy that I worked with for 30 years, you know. Um, so um, they set us right down in front. So I'm thinking, wow, this is perfect. We're going to be right there for sure. We're going to be on the show. The whole show, he never even glanced at. He was like 25 feet to my right there. And he was always looking and he never turned all the way around to see us. And we were getting all disappointed. It was just so crazy. So um, uh, right at the uh, at the very end, this woman that we had become friends with there talking in the day, uh, she was dressed in a crazy costume. She got picked. She actually got the big deal of the day, which was uh, twenty worth $22,000, where she would go to, uh, two trips. One was to New Orleans, mm-hmm. and the other one was to Morocco. And there were two trips and valued at $22,000, okay? So then it's, um, they have uh, adver- advertisements and they come back for one last quick five-minute thing where he, he'll look at some of the audience and says, if you've got a shot glass in your somewhere, anywhere on you, yeah. you can win $500. And a guy pulls out a shot glass, you know, uh, which they told us ahead of time that the hot items was a shot glass, 
and a blue ribbon and one other thing, you know. Uh, and so, you know, uh, if, if you happen to bring those things and you were pointed to and he says, if you have that with you, well, OK. So then his sidekick, they, they call him, he's, he's got red hair. They call him the, the ginger sidekick or whatever. He sees Andy now. So someone's getting this is the first time. So he runs over with her microphone. He puts it in my dummy's face, you know, and I try to stand up with him. And he says, no, I just I'm talking to him. You know, and so it was kind of funny. Just sit down, Regan. I'm holding him. So he puts the microphone there. He says, if you can tell me the two places that the that the person who won the big thing are going, the two where, where are they going? I'll give you $150 for each one. So could have won $300. So and, um, Andy, my dummy says new orleans and i'm thinking in my mind great 150 bucks and then i think i influenced uh, andy to say the wrong thing because i he said i said monaco rather than morocco oh. and, he says, and he says oh you got it wrong you know and uh and and then the, the host um uh, wayne or something made a funny joke about a dummy and this stuff you know so we got a little bit of a little bit of time and it but it was fun it was a good experience just seeing how it all works and everything mm -hmm. you know cool. and the fact that the fact that it, we didn't win any money then you're still eligible to come on another time if you win anything like uh, even a hundred dollars or something you can't be back on that show for at least three years oh okay you know, they have a kind of so you know you learn these little things you know like that um so um it was interesting you know a good experience cool you know? well anyway. we're way over <laughs> oh yeah okay so visit the afterlife uh i, I specialize with post-traumatic stress fears phobias um and then but what i really love to do is the spiritual work with the newton institute mm -hmm. where in a deep state of trance which most people can reach about 90 percent of people within one or two sessions they're able to actually expand their awareness to the other side like having a near-death experience without the crazy death part and it's done in a safe easy way uh, you, you, you get you make out a list of questions you want to have answered about your life, your mission, your goals. Why were you born? Why are different people in your life? You get to go to your soul group to talk to the higher the higher selves of people that are still alive in your life. As we learned, there's always part of us over there. Anyway, you can learn about it at my website. Visit theafterlife.com. Some great videos on there. And wow. it's, can, it can be done just like Natasha and I. We can either help you in person if you're in you know, in our sphere of our, uh, where we live or um, on uh, Zoom, you know, online uh, and sessions are just as successful. So anyway, yeah. Natasha, now I noticed you've redone a lot of your website. Uh, in I have. Months, I've, haven't I've updated my website. I'm, I'm very Man. excited about it. And you got some great videos on there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank I you. liked uh, watching one where you channeled Jesus or, or I forget what it was, but it was pretty cool. Well, thank you. Know, you. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. So if you guys want to see some great videos uh, and that they're, they're the ones we do, the ones are show on Wednesday, right? Wednesdays mm -hmm. at four. Um, and, um, you know, you, there's so many talents that she has. See, I'm just I'm being your spokesperson here. Uh, <laughs> even feng shui, people have commented, not just me, because you helped me feng shui my office and Patty, her office. Uh, but I know other people commented on this, like just this little change and how they move things around really changed the energy in their house and their oh, offices can. and things and it, really and it really brought life to their place where they have mm -hmm. exactly um, exactly yeah. it, it so, changes the whole intention yeah and then uh, also uh, if you do private sessions like i think people the number one thing i think people at least i think of that they love to uh, see a medium for is that they're dis de uh, distressed 
about someone who's on the other side or about mm -hmm. the loss of somebody and you're able to uh, connect them with that, which is a beautiful thing. You've helped me a couple of times, which was when, I mean, I kind of, I always kind of knew mediums were right, but I hadn't had one prove themselves to me. And a couple of times and things you did and I go, oh, she's the real deal here. You know? <laughs> Thank really you. Cool. Thank you for your kind words. I'm yeah, so grateful. Well, you were just so sweet. Um, so tell yeah. them what's going on this week on your show and stuff. Well, Wednesday at four o'clock Pacific time, I'll be talking about angels guides and how oh, they good. interact with us. Cause a lot of us are getting synchronicities and we just kind of, you know, throw them under the bus and it's like, no, 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 no. Uh, that's part of the whole communication and, and knowing things like that. And I may actually channel too. I don't know there. It's amazing who comes in at times. I was doing a quick little yeah. session with someone and, and all of a sudden my voice changed and I was talking about something real quick and, and they're like going, Holy crap, that's exactly what I needed to hear. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm right there, but I'm the, um, I'm a, a multi-life intuitive. So I've had lots of lifetimes practicing being intuitive. I also know a lot of those past lives stuff and, and how to be in our stories and, and negotiating. So I have a, a past life DNA work uh, session that I do that I so enjoy bringing a betterness to people with knowing that they can heal the DNA in their lives uh, and, and the past lives that we are. And it's just amazing. So check out my website. I've shifted things up. I'm, 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 I'm coming into my empowerment, which is a blessing. So yeah. thank you for everyone for being here. Please like share. And if you know somebody who can use us, please spread the word because we are here to help this world be better. And, yeah, um, and, and Sarah, she, Sarah, if you're still here, um, uh, I wrote a story in sixth grade where the main character with names was Regan. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, there's a synchronicity. So welcome. Thank you for being here, everyone. We yeah, are we'll be you. here next Monday. And you know what? Um, I think that, uh, that um, why, why does change happen? You know, uh, the reasons why th change happens. I think that might be our good conversation next oh, yeah, Monday. Good, good so, stories on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, so I will put that as a, for Monday story. So blessings, everyone. Yeah. yeah. We'll blessings. see you next week. And, and, oh, if you know people who like to listen to podcasts, this is on podcasts on most platforms. So welcome everyone. Check out my websites and, and yeah. YouTube and um, my YouTube, Natasha Venter AC is where everybody can find us. Blessings. Bye now. See you next week. Mm -hmm. Know you're loved. <laughs> <laughs>